Would you like to be happy? Are you seeking happiness? Would you say you are in the pursuit of happiness? Well, you are in luck because today's episode, we're talking about why happiness is not the answer. (laughs) This is, yes, this is the Existential Stoic Podcast. I'm Randy. That's Danny. What's going on, Danny? Oh, what's up, Randy? You know, have you ever been in the pursuit of happiness? Have you ever tried to seek happiness? I mean, I think we all do, right? To some extent, because we're all striving to like, we all have this idea that eventually, eventually at some imaginary point, right? We're going to be like, yay, and life's going to be grand and everything's going to be great if we just get these things and get that thing and get this other thing and then it's all there and in place. (laughs) And how'd that work out for you? Doesn't work out, right? (laughs) I mean, because I remember like, I know you went through the same, right? You went through the same thing. I remember getting out of high school and I was like, okay, I just got to go to college and I just got to do this guy do that like everybody says and then i'll be happy and it's like no i'm still not (laughs) dude i remember i remember the exact moment when i was in high school and i was like on the side of the building and i was like if i just become a veterinarian then everything will be good in life and (laughs) i've 20 years later (laughs) sorry that wasn't wrong (laughs) and a lot of time trying though oh Oh, my gosh yeah and by all i mean I have been tricked by that delusion my whole entire life. This idea that there's like a finish line, a happily ever after or whatever it is, this thing that I can get to that once I get there, everything will work out. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember like when I first started uh, reading philosophy in undergrad, that's one of the things that really, really like interested me was I started noticing like all these different like people talking about the good life and like terms that like were unfamiliar, you know, like in from what we're used to hearing. And I was like, maybe it is not this like maybe it is something else and i thought it was a really interesting thing to think about because like most people have pretty much i think a pretty you know similar notion of happiness right they think of it as like you know no pain all comfort everything's good you know it's like and it's really i think a a problematic notion because it sets you up for failure and that you know without a doubt like you're not going to reach that and it focuses on the wrong stuff too it focuses all on external crap rather than like your mental state you know, your health, anything that would be related to like you actually doing well, you know, <laughs> anything that you have control over yeah. <laughs> your happiness yeah. does not depend on that. Well, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because the, the idea for this came, I just listened to this book called beyond happiness, amazing book. Okay. And it talks about how our pursuit of happiness is so wrong because happiness is by definition a fleeting emotion like it's something that it's something it's a feeling it comes and it goes just like every other feeling and we want this feeling to stay forever so in that book she talks about how satisfaction is a much better idea of something to pursue but also like you mentioned the things that we have control over those are actually what we should be focusing on in order to reach this state of satisfaction as opposed to having everything work out yeah and be happy i think that no i think that's important is like reframing you know what our goal is so instead of because like happiness one is a vague goal and like their notion of it's just terrible i think because you're right it's all about like this this feeling that's by definition fleeting it's not something that should stay and if it did stay there would be something wrong with you because you know if you think about it right i mean because regular life just ain't gonna work out that way and I think, yeah, it's like reframing into something else. I like like also a lot of uh, the philosophers that talk about it in the sense of like success, like well-being, 
Um, I always like using the term the good life because I think it just kind of is kind of captures the idea of like, that's what I'm after. Not like feeling happy all the time or not even comfort all the time. Cause like, I still expect my life to have struggles, obstacles, you know, difficulties, but, but having success, having, you know, satisfaction, those are all good ways of kind of thinking about what you want. Right. Yeah. And, and here's another thing that she said that, you know, it rang so true, but at the same time, it's something that's almost counterintuitive. It was, she's like, you know, you're going to live your most satisfied life when you're like right on the edge of discomfort and fear. Like literally when you're right on the cusp of being uncomfortable, doing the things you fear most, that's where you're actually finding satisfaction in life. And the crazy thing is that that place is always going to be changing because once you approach a fear, all of a sudden that and and you become comfortable with it, then you're back in the comfort zone. You have to kind of expand it again and again. That does make sense, though, right? Because it's on it's in those those areas where, like, you know, we feel the most like reward from accomplishing things like where we're overcoming stuff. We're still challenging ourselves. So we're learning, we're growing. And that feels good. I mean, anybody that's ever like, you know, pursued anything on their own, they solve a difficult problem, right? It feels good. You, like, you realize you're able to do something. That's why I always like to. It's something like Nietzsche talks about, like reevaluating suffering, looking at it as a positive thing. Like when we struggle and, you know, with things in our lives, instead of like turning away from those obstacles, facing them and seeing them as an opportunity to overcome ourselves, right? To like continue growing, to continue like becoming something different. And there should be satisfaction in that, which there is. And I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but yeah. I, I can see in my okay. life all these areas where I was like pursuing happiness. And it was, it's just like, even if you catch it for a glimpse, like the moment you have it, you start trying to hang on to it, which makes it slip away even more quickly. And then like when it's gone, you're just like, oh, no, now I need to get it. And you're just like you're literally like struggling just to keep your head above water. Well, I think that's the problem, too, right? Because once somebody asks you if you are, then it's gone. Oh, gosh. People are like, are you happy? I was like, I wasn't until you asked. Like, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about jerk. it. So yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, you know, I think it's so hard too because I think we all like, we all are like, you know, raised with similar ideas and values with people telling us all these things that we should be doing, that we should think about, that we should pursue, that are, you know, good for us. And like, it really, I think a lot of people get through a long time in their life before they even start thinking about what they actually want. I know I did. I know you did, right? Because we were like, mm-hmm. you trust other people that are older than you have at least some idea, but it turns out they don't. <laughs> yeah not at all yeah and then there's and then there's like the whole uh the impatience of not having what you think will bring you the happy life oh, so like God, right yeah. now we're both doing this programming stuff always learning new stuff and today i was just like i was just driving myself insane because i literally just started learning something new today and I was like, oh, this is going to take forever to learn. How am I ever going to learn this? This is crazy. <laughs> and then I'm thinking back to that, like, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk quote that we shared the other week. It's like, there's no reason to be impatient because I'm only competing with myself and I have my whole life to figure it yeah. out. So it's a, and I was thinking about that and I was like, ah, you know what? I don't have to know how to do it completely today. Like, I can just learn it. But it's, it's like the innate nature. Like, I've been, I've programmed myself. To be like, oh, if I don't have the final product right now, rah. 
Well, dude, I think that a lot of, you know, that's why a lot of people too, like stop doing things that they want to do or that they, cause they think it's too difficult because they don't get it all at once. And it's like, well, you're not going to, that's why, you know, people make whole careers out of it. Or that's why, you know, it's like people spend all this time trying to become experts at something because it's not something you can grasp in one day, but I do the same thing. Like, you know, it's like you start something, you really enjoy it. And it's like, so you think you should know it all now. And it's like, it's an absurd way to look at to look at your life and your progress, dude. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like comical. I like when I'm when I'm in it, I'm just like, oh, this is so frustrating. And then I step outside of it and I'm just like, who on earth do I think I am? Like, look at the ego on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, right? Like everybody else has to spend years doing this. I should get it in two days at the know, most. Right? Yeah. Anymore, I'm a failure. And why haven't I been hired after applying for eight jobs? What the heck's wrong with the world? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god it's funny why you know that's the only thing that's funny too i think that gets in the way of it is like we we form this idea that happiness is like these certain like accomplishments that'll bring us usually just money without anything else attached to it and it's like and then we build up all these expectations that are so unrealistic at least i know i do and i, I mean i have in the past i've been trying not to as much anymore but like and it just is like a constant letdown that can like it really sucks too because I think we we like torture ourselves, and then you know you run into this problem too where you get to this point where like it's like it's almost like working against you to have even like have the life that you want at all because you'll eventually quit or give up or something because you just get so beat down from your own like internal voice yelling at you, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's tricky because you really need to. I think like the the older you get, or maybe the better you get you need to be like so much more conscious of being present because otherwise it's so, <laughs> it's so easy to just get lost in these stories. Like for instance, all these things that we have that annoy us right now, or most of them at one time, there was something that we wanted, you know, like the car is breaking down. Well, there was one time when you really <laughs> wanted that car, you know, or you can't stand going to your job. You hate your boss and your coworkers. Well, there was one time when you applied for that job and you were really yeah. happy when you got it. They didn't just like pick up off the streets and put you in there. Yeah, or your partner's driving you up the wall and it's like, there was one time when you were really, really excited to be with them. So like all these things that we want, we cause our own problems nonstop. And it's, I think it's because, you know, maybe we're not even present for what they are anymore. We're just lost in this fantasy about what they were or what they should be. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's really interesting, too, because I think you're you're right. I think, you know, we also like I think, you know, what I think it is, too, like we get these things that we really wanted, like, say, like a partner or a job or something. But we don't we think once we because we have this idea in our head that once we have it, that's it. It's done. And, you know, so it should be fine. But we take it for granted immediately then instead of doing any work to keep it good, like because, like, you know, relationships even work like you can get if you don't do anything at work to challenge yourself, you're going to get bored. Right. So like finding new things that are interesting, you know, actually putting forth some effort to change situations so that they stay, you know, good for you. And I think we just take things for granted and expect them to just like like we're entitled to it. It's <laughs> like that's the idea. And it kills us. Yeah, it's a really good point. I like don't. Yeah. And, you know, there was something that I read in The Magic of Thinking Big that stuck with me. And I tried to do it once and I gave up. But it was like, it was like, too hard. Yeah. I know. But it was, it said something along the lines of really successful people actually have a plan for liking people. 
Because, like, I I find it so easy to not like people. To, you know, to judge them, to pick out their faults and flaws and everything. And it was talking about, I think it talked about, like, Lyndon Johnston, how he had a plan for liking people. And, you know, it was like, remember their names, get these scratchy elements out of yourself, be like a, an old shoe type of person, do a whole bunch of other stuff. And I started doing it towards some people that I had some like grudges or resentments against. And I gave up because I just didn't want to continue doing it. But it, <laughs> <laughs> it like makes sense because it's like, you know, I'm causing myself to not like them. So like I could I could take the control over what I have and actually cause myself to like them. Huh. That's an interesting point too. Like, and just like, you know, well, I think that gets to like, of like just getting rid of like unnecessary stress too in your life and like things that just like are causing you pain or unhappiness anyway, by just kind of like focusing on that, I guess is a good way to look at it. That makes sense. Yeah. And also just to maybe treat people better in general, it might be helpful in that sense too. Mm -hmm. It is interesting. I mean, like we just have like, I don't know, we just torture ourselves all the time. It seems like it's so funny how we are so ill-equipped <laughs> like we all want we all want to be like we all want to be in a good state yet we're so ill-equipped to get there by either like i don't know what by what thing it was but like yeah it's just we're terrible at it it's really Dude, i'm i'm right there with you i'm so shocked that we have made it as far as we have <laughs> yeah. like it's just it blows my mind it's like we have we're we not have like no, lemmings we, yeah, <laughs> yeah dude we have we have no capability for enjoying life on in any type of sustainable way you know like we can just enjoy it and go way overboard and then there goes life or yeah. we could just be miserable the whole time but like a sustainable enjoying life it's like we're so terrible at that we're destroying the earth we're like the only species on the planet that if you remove us the earth would actually do better and yeah, yeah. Without <laughs> like, doubt. Everything, everything we do we just like we complain about like cockroaches and pigeons and rats and it's like they only exist around human civilization. Like you won't find them out in nature. We also like, brought them everywhere with us. I know, right? Like, which, you know, it's just craziness. Yeah. You know what? You know what's funny? It's the fact you mentioned it. Too, it's funny. It's like I don't know. We just like I know this is myself too. Like we get these. We just take things for granted. We don't do any work. And like I think that's my biggest problem too. I notice is like I expect things just to be this way and then i start looking outside i start comparing myself to other things or like even though like i might be happy with what i have in some area then i start looking outside and then i get unhappy or dissatisfied like, well i was happy a minute ago so what happened right it's because i made these comparisons that are unrealistic or you know unnecessary it's like we constantly we constantly look to be dissatisfied rather than look to be satisfied like you said like we're not present we're not focused on what we actually have and i think it's like it, and it takes so much work to shift that thinking because it's like you've been you've been just indoctrinated your whole life to think that way. So it's like it also takes a lot of work. <laughs> so it's, it's very hard. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where like if you can catch yourself doing it often enough and replace yeah. it with something that's good, that it makes a huge difference. Like I'm not sure if you remember, but probably like three or four months ago, we were talking about how like I was feeling great, went to the locker room at the gym. There was this dude who was shredded and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. I was miserable because I compared myself to him. Yeah. But like yeah. <laughs> we talked about that and I like made it up in my mind to just be like, well, good for him, you know? And then like that's happened a few times since then where I'll like go into the locker room being like, yeah, I had a great workout. And then there's this dude just standing there like 
freaking Adonis. And I'm just like, instead, instead of getting miserable, I'm like, well, good He's for like, did you have a good workout? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you need like, little guy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, good for him. And it totally lets go of any comparison and any like negative feeling that I had about it because it's just like, I can celebrate it for him. Great. I don't need that. You know, like it's not going that's to a, improve like, my life one bit. That's a good way to look at it too, I think. Cause like you shift, you shift the kind of way you're thinking about it. <laughs> Instead of making a p- comparison, you're just like, okay, so they wanted that and they did it. Great. Yeah, and, and like it happened, it happened today. Like I, I <laughs> went to the locker room, there was Adonis <laughs> waiting there. And like I was like good for him, and I was I was laughing about it like when I was changing it in my locker. I was just like, of course this would happen, but like it's one of those things where it's like it didn't bother me anymore because I was okay with not having a comparison. Well, you know what's funny with comparisons too? It's like the sense of entitlement's really funny because it's like we look at these other people and it's like, well, why don't I have that? It's like, well, do you spend that much that much time? First of all, it takes a long time to do that. It takes a lot of effort. You know, do you have that time? Do you want that life? Is that what you, because if you want that, well, then you should do it. But if you don't want it, like, you know, we, we make all these comparisons and it's like, we think we're entitled to like, whatever the hell these other people have, and it should just be given to us rather than like actually thinking about like what's involved. And I think if you start to think about like what's involved, it can help a lot. Like, I know that helped me like actually asking myself, do I even want the life that that person has? Like, would I want all of it? And that's a good way to like kind of actually really reframe the question rather than just like looking at it and being jealous. Because I think a lot of it is jealousy and like envy and stuff like that that kind of motivates those sorts of comparisons. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And also forgetting to compare ourselves to those who have less than us. Yeah. Like, here's the crazy thing. There's a book called Factfulness. And I read it because Bill Gates said it was like one of the most impactful books he ever read. And he's a guy who reads a lot of books. And so I read it. And basically, like, if you have running water... Of, oh, yeah. oh yeah, a bicycle and yeah. like a bed and food. You are in the top one percent of the world. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, and it's like everybody in America is like, no freaking way. That's not true. I don't have. I'm not on. You know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. I'm not married to Beyonce. I don't have this. I don't have that. Where, where, you know? And it's just like no, like literally. Looking at all of human population that's alive right now, if you have a bicycle, a bed, warm meal, and running water, you're in the top tier of life. Yeah. Yeah, we don't like that. No, it's interesting because you're right. Like, if you actually, like, we get it in our head, and I think that goes back to entitlement. We get in our head that, like, most people have the stuff that we're seeing when, in fact, it's like because you see it a lot, but the reality is it's such a rarity. And if you look at most people, they have way less. And it's really bad. And like, so I think, yeah, that's a really good point, which is like, kind of take, put it into perspective. Think about like where you sit, because that can be a helpful way to kind of stop making those stupid comparisons in the first place, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not something that makes anybody more happy. No, no, it's not. What's helped me a lot too is actually just like, every time I start to think that is comparing myself to myself from the past. Mm. And like, that has been really helpful because like, it's one, it's a comparison I can actually literally make because I know all the facts <laughs> instead of just making <laughs> right? assumptions. You know, I also know what it took. So I know the work involved so I can feel good about it. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like celebrating your accomplishments again. It's really nice, you know, but at, you know, the more I've been doing that, the more it just like keeps things in perspective and makes me just like realize like, oh, I am doing well. I just got to keep going, you know, and more will come. 
And I think, mm-hmm. and I've noticed like the more I do that, the better it's been getting because like I've been seeing my improvement. I get to kind of recelebrate things that I, the accomplishments I did have. And you just kind of keep reaffirming it and it gives you the motivation to keep going. That's that's a great point because I actually used that for some motivation the other day when I was like struggling again with learning. And I because I remember I remember this article that I read a while ago. It was on Reddit or something about that, where it's like everybody's so focused on becoming a programmer in like 24 hours or a month or whatever. It is. I know. Right. And he's like, he's like, why not just be like, OK, I'm going to be a really good programmer in 10 years. And like totally 100% reasonable because I have some friends right now who are senior developers and they've only been doing it for five years. So like totally 100% reasonable goal. And so I was thinking because you said comparing yourself to yourself and this was something that was really helpful to me because I was like, okay, if I stick with this for 10 years and, and I'm not terrible, I'll be a pretty decent developer. And I'm like, okay, where was I 10 years ago? And then I was like, holy cow like look at the changes that have happened in 10 years and like that all of that can occur in the oh my goodness all of a sudden it gives like a whole bunch of perspective not to mention too like yeah it does and like when you start to focus on something and really commit to it too you just like it's insane it is really crazy like over the course of like just like a short time like i look back in the eight months ago like the changes is just insane like the amount of like you know my skill level my ability it's just crazy but like I wouldn't notice it if I compare myself to people that are way beyond my level because it doesn't make sense to it doesn't even make sense to make that comparison because they've been doing it for you know I don't know how long they've been you know it's like but now I'm focused on it so I should be looking at myself it makes way more sense to do that mm-hmm. yeah yeah like just to give people a concrete example ten years ago I was graduating vet school and so like <laughs> I got my first job as a veterinarian. And I barely knew how to like treat an ear infection, which is one of the simplest things you can do as a veterinarian, like graduated yeah. school, magna cum laude, didn't know how to treat an ear infection. I was just <laughs> lost. <laughs> and then like fast forward, you know, was working at emergency hospitals all by myself yeah. doing all types of crazy surgeries and everything. Totally confident and was able to like transition to a different career that I enjoy much more. But it's like all of that can happen in 10 years, in just 10 years. And it's like, yeah, OK, well, like fast forward your future 10 years into the future. What's possible then? Anything. Right. And I like that mm. example, too, because you're right. Like, you know, you like we expect to be perfect to things, too. Like right when we start, but like you got your first job, you weren't, you know, and I know like, oh that's God, just man. how it always is, dude. Like, I remember dude. like when I oh my god when i look back at my first teaching jobs too dude i was terrible because you know you don't know everything yet you haven't had the experience you know things take way longer than they should you don't you know it's like it's just but you get better and then you look at it over time it's like you see those improvements so like so funny story like um hopefully hopefully this will help people kind of relate to how crazy stuff can change so my first job i even though i did well in school i had no idea what i was doing when i was actually there and the first, the first like couple weeks, they have another doctor go in the room with you. And then after that, they like try and transition you to doing it on your own. And I had so much fear around that, that I literally remember like uh, one lunch, like sitting in my car, sweating bullets because today was the day that I had to go and do this on my, on my own. What am I going to do when I don't know how to do something? And like literally just almost paralyzed by fear. Like I remember my lips and my hands going numb <laughs> yeah. sitting in the car and it's like, it passed like it, I got through it and it's like and you can ask a question <laughs> yeah I know right yeah but it's like it's just crazy when you look back on it that's why I think what you said 
kind of comparing yourself to yourself is so key because you can look at those instances where you encountered something you were scared of or that was really challenging and oh, then yeah, you got yeah. through it. And if you did it then, you can totally do it now. Oh, yeah. And you can totally get past it. And you also realize like you you had the ability to do it in the past. You can do it now. And you have so much more that you bring with you now. Like, I think that's also a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that resource that you get now. Yeah, right. But I think, you know, to your point, though, like you said earlier, like you think like you said that uh, the book said like satisfaction is like a good way of measurement. I think too, like achievements, like looking at like that is a good way because like we feel I think like we naturally feel good when we grow, like when we learn new things, when we accomplish things that we want to accomplish. And like the trick is knowing what you want, obviously, like because a lot of us spend a lot of time doing things that like other people think are good for us that aren't really good for us. But once you figure out what you want, I think like focusing on that instead of like the end goals of like these made up goals of happiness is such a better way to live because you just you can constantly kind of reaffirm like that you're doing well. You don't take things for granted. You can actually realize that, you know, good things take work to be good, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and just simply taking them for granted doesn't work. But, you know, we, we train ourselves to live in such a weird way. It is funny. And it's also like the achievement and going after these things are difficult and then sticking with them and getting with them and eventually getting them. It's like a self-reinforcing cycle because in the beginning we lack confidence. We're like, oh, it's so hard. I can't do it. But you start doing it and you start building up momentum and, and proof that you can do it. And then you can actually you'll stick with it. You'll become a closer like you start to do it over and over again. And then you have that confidence that you think that you know, buying the next thing, or if you were the greatest person, then you would have that confidence. And it's like, no, that confidence comes from believing in yourself and just doing it. And you know, it's funny too, like you mentioned too, like changing jobs and stuff. Like, I think people are so afraid to do that because they think once they're in something, like that's it. Like they shouldn't, because they don't have, they they don't have time or that, you know, it's too much. And it's like, (laughs) once you realize how easy it is and how much better it is, I think you're able to, because like we all forget, I think like we're not, like when you go to school and you're 17, like we're not 17. Like we have all these skills that we bring with us already. You know how to learn. Like you can change anything. So if you're unhappy, just change it and do it. I think it's totally possible. Yeah. Dude, I got I got that all the time. And I still get that all the time when they're like, you're changing careers. You're like 40. I'm like, yeah, I still have at least another 30 yeah. years of working left. Like, you think I want to do that doing a job that I hate? No. That? No. Exactly. Like, see, that's but they're like, so funny. Isn't it, isn't it so hard to become a vet? And I'm like, yeah, but it still doesn't make the job any more pleasurable. But it's hard to become anything. But once you do it, you realize like you can do it again. And I think that's the other thing. Like, even though, like, you know, I think, you know, at least personally, I think the times if you just stay in something you hate, that's wasted time. At least if you mm-hmm. try something new, put yourself out there, it might be hard, but at least you're going to be way happier doing or way more satisfied, way more sense of achievement and just generally a better person well you know, all, all around because you did something you wanted to do yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah you might as well fa- fail trying doing something that you want to do so, oh yeah yeah because regret is the scariest thing right nobody wants yeah. to oh, nobody wants to be on that bed at the end of the day and be like oh i just didn't do this didn't do that didn't do that no yeah i know that's something like i it, it always blows me away these like people who are like in their because when I was young, I did like uh, the EST training, landmark, landmark form and stuff like that. And I remember there would be, I was 18 years old. So like it was mind opening for me. But like there were these people who were like 70, 80, 
different things like that. And they would talk about the regrets, like things that they wanted to do their own whole entire life. And they never even tried. Like, and it's like, yeah, you can try it now, but you're like 80. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's better than nothing, but you know, yeah. get started. It is still better than nothing though. That's the point, right? You still have time. Yeah. But I think like, yeah, if you, if you really, as soon as you realize it, like you should start thinking about how you can break out of that then, because it's not, you know, but this is, I think we scare ourselves, right? We make ourselves scared so we don't chase it. We imagine like we're entitled to stuff and we, you know, focus on what's outside of us rather than what we have control over. I think those are all why we just, happiness is a terrible idea. It really is. Like oh. our notion of it is so bad, dude. It really is detrimental. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess in a nutshell, that's why happiness is wrong. And that's why yeah. happiness is not the answer. Yeah, yeah. reframe it. It's better to just reframe it into something else. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, read that book, Beyond Happiness, because that was very interesting for me. I, I learned a lot from that. She even taught, I mean, Books she are had awesome, five... aren't they? <laughs> Dude, incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Like every book I read, there's always something that I get from it. And uh, such a you great know what I like about that? use it's of like, time. You let an expert spend all his time figuring stuff out and then they do it and you can read it in like a few hours. Mm-hmm. do all that yeah. stuff and just get the highlights you know yeah it's like having it's like having a whole bunch of personal assistants working for you yeah literally like it is it's crazy <laughs> anything you want to and, know it's awesome and that and the coolest thing is the bar is set so so low there's literally no competition the average american reads one book a year if you read two books a year you're doing you're crushing 100% it 100 percent better <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's zero competition in the world. And so it's like, uh, yeah, it's such a good I, I read two last week, <laughs> I think. And that was like, I, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. And they're so good. They're so good. Just don't read the Scarlet Letter, you know? Nope. I know. We trash that all the time. <laughs> I feel bad because I've actually never read it. But still, I know, I'm not going to do. Same. not going to happen. We're going to get some angry letters from whoever wrote <laughs> the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. It's really a good book. <laughs> I know, right? So, anyways, oh, in a nutshell, yeah. that's why happiness is wrong. Don't go after happiness. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Existential Stoic Podcast. I'm Randy. That's Danny. I'll see you later, Danny. Later, Randy. <laughs>